JWP time, Joshi 2010's journey. We are learning. Getting out of these dark ages here. We're making some progress. <clears throat> Very close to ending 2012. And JWP is the promotion to watch. It's plain and simple. Yeah, stardom's on the rise. They got bigger stars. Star in Yuzi Kayakawa. Biggest star in the scene. Uh, wrestling ability aside, she has the appeal. But in my opinion, the number two in the entire scene right now is Karaoke uh, Hariyama. Or <laughs> Kayoko Hariyama. My god, did I butcher her name. It's not Miko Satomura and it's not Emi Sakura. <clears throat> Although, from what we heard, Emi Sakura is still very much involved in the scene. And that's very important to distinguish. Okay? The big Joshi debate and women's wrestling debate <laughs> all the time is Mako Satomura and her Satomorism ideals and Emi Sakura and her Sakurism ideals. I will throw Kyoko, uh, in a way, Kyoko in a way in on that as well because she's very much a part of the same aspect of the scene at this point in the last decade and a half. Starting her promotion, training people, etc. What differentiates these three people from each other? And I always like throwing in Rossi Ogawa in as the fourth factor in all that. Not Aja Kong, not Mayumi Ozaki, not Shinobu Kandori. It's Sakura, Mako, Kyoko, and Ogawa. These are your four players through the scene. Because as we've discussed in watching Oz Academy, for example, they could have put themselves in the position to be the promotion in the Dark Ages and be the promotion coming out of it. Oz Academy's never had that interest. It's Ozaki's plaything. It's Ozaki's world. That's what she does. That's what she wants to do. And on the flip side, Emi Sakura is very much kind of of that same vein. Where, yes, she started Ice Ribbon, she wanted her own thing, but once it gets to a certain point, she knows, from the outside perspective, that she can't handle running something higher than a certain point. Mako is kind of of that same vein as well. She knows what she can do to a certain point. She runs out in the farmlands... She has their issues, she has their peak, she has her strat, and she sticks to it. Kyoko as well. Maybe a little more ambitious uh, further than maybe she uh, knows she should do, but you get the idea, right? Where the difference lies 
is very much prevalent in this 2012 era at this point in time. Emi Sakura has been out of Ice Ribbon for 10 months now. Kyoko Kimura lost, or Kyoko Kimura, my god, Kyoko in a way, lost Neo, started her own promotion, Diana, had a bomb of a first show, just a total disaster, hasn't been seen since. Mako Satomura, well, she started Sendai years ago, and is very much absent from the scene. <clears throat> Ogawa was absent from the scene for a good number of years. And then came up, came up with a plan to start stardom, and he's been mildly successful, successful in the grand scheme of things. While Emi Sakura has still been an active wrestler. That's the separation here. Emi Sakura was ousted from the promotions he started. Amicable uh, splits or non whichever story you believe. Uh, regardless, she is now in JWP during this storyline, and year after year after year, Emi Sakura, from a wrestling perspective, in the ring, has simply been the most active and productive. Now, is she a bigger draw than Mako or Kyoko? No, she's not. Every time we see an Emi Sakura title match, uh, she's drawing maybe two, three hundred people to these things, but she's also more active, right? Get to see her more often. Contributing factors, right? Something to take into account. Very much on the show, but what's always kind of the end game there? Emmy Sakura is willing to lose. She's willing to do business and not put her own ego above anything. She's willing to lose to a younger wrestler that a company wants to put over in which then, whether it's the company's decision or the person politicking aside, Emi Sakura is the go-to person in this scene to beat. So... That's something to consider when it comes to her lower attendance figures. Is she's not a protected asset. Maybe she should be, to an extent. Mostly is. But not at the same degree of... Uh, a crazy level and top of the steps that we keep talking about in vain of these other people, right? But this main event is built around... A pretty good storyline that I've been into. It's this Gato move, quote unquote, invasion, defecting faction from JWP. And here we go again. I just spoke about it on the LOPW journey. Is a home promotion defending themselves from a rebellious uh, inside and outsider. And in this case, it's Emi Sakura and her crew of Gato move miscreants. Uh, and also involving people like Mari and Hanako Nakamori, along with a person with legit heat with the promotion and Kari Yonayama. Right? We just saw Yonayama lose a title defense in the previous month, and this has been, uh, at least a, in a storyline and in-ring sense, very interesting few months for JWP. Did it necessarily lead to 
leave to buzz and uh, uh, headlining the news of the scene at the time. It did not. But you got to do more than just a few months. You got to continue it. Right? How do you do that? Well, we like to point to someone young and new and coming up on the scene and taking over. Young talent rising to the occasion. Where we're always kind of, that's the end goal of wrestling. Who is the next big thing, big, young, beautiful star, man or woman? Can you put your company around and get people talking? I don't care what sport you watch. When you got new, young hotness coming into your league, you get on them. NHL, it's Connor Bedard right now. Before him, it was Connor McDavid. I don't know if the name Connor has much to do with it, but certainly <laughs> pans out. Nathan McKinnon, uh, before him. Kale McCarr had his hot hot streak. Yes, those are two avalanche guys. Leave me alone. Crosby Ovechkin era. We go back. Going into, into baseball right now, you got Juan Soto. He was hot for a number of years. Got the guys on the Padres and 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 uh, the young Braves team. Uh, for a little while, there was the Astro. You get the idea of what I'm doing here, right? <clears throat> you need young stars to rise up and take over from the previous generation. Emmy Soccer was willing to do that. How do you get to that point? And is that the right time and decision to do it? Well, as we've <laughs> as we've gone through, right in this Joshi scene right now, there's there's who is there? There's Ayumi Kurihara who's kicking it in CMLL. By the way, if you haven't listened to that uh, CMLL Lucha Joshi his historical episode I put out, highly recommend it. Uh, very proud of that one. Definitely listen to it. Uh, it's right there on the feed. <clears throat> but for this Joshi 2010s one, once you get past Ayumi Kurihara, who are your people? Yoshirai's in stardom. Miyoshirai's in ice ribbon, but she's not like a grand talent by any means. She has she has something, but she's not there. Ayumi Kurihara. We look at talent like Hanako Nakamori or Nakajima being protected. The young talents uh <laughs> tough to come by. So what do you do? You do the best you can with what you got, right? <clears throat> That's why they call it the Dark Ages, guys. It's tough. For good reason. So. Now, now that we've gone through that big spiel, we can kind of speed run through a lot of this. Because we've been through this game and song and dance before. Leon defeats Kaori Oniyama. Okay, 12 minutes. Playing off what we, what we said with the Yoniyama. Against the Outsiders, kind of defense there. Leon gets one over. Nice little match, opener. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, before I forget. This event, Pure Warriors Series 20th Anniversary, from October 28th, 2012, from Shinjuku Face, 310 people at the show. Now, is it four five hundred? Whether they can fit there or not, you know, three thirty, three twenty is kind of the generality I see at Shinjuku Face. 
we go year over year, September last year, with the Haley Hatred Subasa Kurigaki match, which I was very much for. The Emi Sakura Yonayama match was in the semi main event. <clears throat> they got a capacity 320 there. And I believe that number. <laughs> Where the number gets a little fishy is the 600 capacity from 2010, year over year, was the hair versus hair match. Sakura versus Yonayama. That's where that number gets a little fishy. But regardless, we're talking, quote-unquote, sold out. Okay? <clears throat> Clearly, at the time, the Yonayama-Sakura match drew more interest. Still talked about to this day. Hello, kitty cat. Really running into me a lot here. <clears throat> and then we're getting into, you know, two years removed from that. And we're, we're not capacity, but we're drawing interest. Best we can. Okay. Nana Kawasan Robert Miyu defeats Manami Katsu and Raideen Hagane. 11 minutes, little rookie action here. Kazuki and Sachi Abe botch a bunch of spots against Misaki Iwata and Shu Shibitani. 10.35. This is a grand example of what I'm talking about. Misaki Iwata and Shu Shibitani, whether they're WAVE affiliated or JWP affiliated or not, these are the kinds of people we got to concentrate on. We're not putting them over enough. We're not putting them over enough as a previous generation being over three. Shushi Bitani has done nothing but lose since the entire time on our journey. And yes, she did have a knee injury and she was out a little while. But even then, when she's come back, all she's done is lose. Masaki Iwata? Mostly a loser. She gets a win every now and again. Kind of compare her to Azumi in stardom. Not a main eventer. Doesn't come across as one. Subasa Kuragaki wins a three-way against Ran Yuyu Haley Hatred, so the Ran Yuyu Retirement Tour keeps running in uninteresting fashion. Haley Hatred's back in JWP, so that's something. And then we get to the meat of the card. Arisa Nakajima and Bolshoi defeat Hanaka Nakamori and Mari, 16 minutes, and I was looking forward to this. <clears throat> JWP tag title match. Uh, Bolshoi Nakajima defend the rights to these titles from leaving to the outsider team. Where would they go? I don't know. Singapore, I guess. But uh, Nakamori and Mari uh, had that uh, surprisingly good match a couple months prior. And they brought it again for this one. And Arsa Nakajima still in very much pink babyface outfit attire <coughs> coming through. Bolshoi in tremendous shape. Nakamori is starting to come into her own. They're clearly uh, trying to position her in a higher marking, especially using this feud. But when it comes to Mari, she doesn't quite have what it takes to get to this uh, level. Bear in mind, I did go a full three on a tag match a couple of months prior with Mari in it. So she is capable. But she needs the right opponents. <clears throat> this was good. This was okay. And then we get to the main event. Open weight title on the line for all the cookies. 
Hariyama defending the openweight title against Emi Sakura. Guys, this is a three out of three match. This is a top end women's match of 2012. Where it falls, it's certainly in the top 10. <clears throat> this is what you're talking about. Big high-end uh, near falls. High-end teases of near falls. Hariyama hitting key moves like her big guillotine leg drop from the top on a back-ended Emi Sakura. That was a huge fall. Counters off these big moves is key. And it built with some heat. Did the crowd react accordingly? Ah, you'd like to hear more, for sure. You compare it to some of these other matches in the modern era, maybe it doesn't reach quite that level, but you get it, right? And Emi Sakura and Hariyama have a fight. They have a good match. Lots of good strong style spots. Good Lucha-esque uh, aspects to it, which keeps the action going. And even something like Emi Sakura really pulling something over with the La Mahistral Cradle and really sinking in the arms and shoulders to the mat hard, you physically see it, makes this seem like it's a legit win. And she even held it for a second or two after the pin. I thought that was real key to do. And this is such an, a veteran aspect that I think a lot is missing in the modern era. When you know something looks bad, you don't finish with it. You try. You either try it again, which has its flaws, obviously, or you try something else to make up for it. Do it on the fly. Know it looks bad. And this was key in the AJW era. If you don't think that dropkick was good enough the first time, you do it again. Right? That's the goal. Lemmy Sakura sunk this cradle in Pins her one, two, three, four, gets the title, and I thought this was good. I thought this was good booking, good storytelling. Nakajima Bolshoi and Leon defended the promotion for two out of the three matches. <clears throat> and it ends on Hariyama losing the title to a very game Emi Sakura. Is this the right move for the promotion? Time will tell. They drew a decent Little house for a 2012 Shinjuku face. Did they do better in years prior? Absolutely. No doubt about that. Was it, was it a disaster? I can't say it was. But. I have to say the but. <clears throat> Knowing what we know about Emi Sakura. And what I discussed with her willing to do the work. I must wonder. Was this a JWP move or a Hariyama move? Always got a question this in Joshi and the politicking. Was it mutual? Where Hariyama and JWP kind of looked at each other and go, Look, I am a protected asset in this promotion. I don't lose to youngsters, right? And they go, Oh, yeah, you're right. Of course. But I'll lose to Emi Sakura, who was the one to always lose. It's a very convenient stepladder. <clears throat> when we see all the pieces playing out. Why I like normally I would be like, oh, my God, this is political. This is clear by the book. We know how this plays out. But in this case, 
there was actually a storyline behind it that I think, in this case, with what they're going for, whether Hariyama had the title or Sakura had the title, going into the climax at the end of the year, I think either or it didn't matter. Because the argument would be, well, Hariyama is kind of the ace of this promotion. She's had this title for like five straight years with some breaks in between, more or less. She should be the one to get beat. And here I'm saying this business is so low at this point. And for the story that they've told to this point, I think Emi Sakura was the right person for the job. And I don't think it would have made that big a difference in business. Now, if they if we go to Cork and Hall in December of 2012, or end of November, whenever this next match is going to take place, and Emi Sakura and opponent draw 400 people to Cork, and okay, now we gotta we gotta walk this back, right? <clears throat> so at the end of the match and post, Arisa Nakajima and Bolshoi come out, and essentially what happens is Arisa Nakajima is calling her shot against Emi Sakura. And this is very much looking like your cork and main event at the end of the year. And that's what I'm talking about. We're going to have the veteran willing to lose and do business against the hot upstart newcomer. And this is what we've been waiting for, everybody. Will Arisa Nakajima get the win and get over in the process? Or will it simply be a charity run? For the belt to just be off the outsider and no one will uh, treat her as a threat. And Emi Sakura's stock will fall to lows and lows. Well, I guess we'll find out in the coming episodes. Joshi 2010s. We're done.